Whoa. What? A moment in history. I am very excited and very proud to be able to tell you that all of the shenanigans has been addressed. And I think this time it might have worked. A Mr. David Martin, whom I am assuming is a superhero, or a lawyer, or both. Just addressed the World Health Organization, the Fauci, the many really horrible mainstream media outlets, and the laws that they broke. He addressed it socially, publicly, through video. I'm sure if you just type in David Martin, it'll show up. Hopefully, if the internet is not overrun by a complete waft of data, which is why I started my business to begin with, Kapuhuna, because the tides are rising and you're going to need some web surfers who know what's out there. In any case, David Martin, I, I, I really can't even begin to say it as well as he did. In fact, I would be doing a disservice to you and to him if I tried to take that moment from you because you should watch it. You should go and see it immediately. I saw it on Facebook from his profile. It's, uh, I believe it was published uh, the 27th of last month. I did not see it until today. And that just goes to show how dangerous things could get. Now, if you, whether whatever side you are, um, you know, on uh, when it comes to the whole pandemic thing, and, um, you know, whether you were on the side of, like, you know, thinking everybody was, like, just being, um, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists, right? You know, and even though that's totally... I mean, that word is really, uh, you know, smeared when it really just means, like, a person who, like, really got out there and saw the BS and, you know, stood up against it, you know, which is not really a bad thing at all, considering it was true, considering all of these statements, well, maybe not all, but the illegal parts were the people like Fauci were doing illegal things because he's a super bail-in. You know that part? Well, that you know th that stuff was kind of true, and you know the whole part about you know, uh, you know, trying to vaccinate us with like poison, you know, massly, because like there was a agenda behind it with like poisonous crap in there, you know, that was gonna rework up our genes. <sighs> yeah, that shit's real. And it's a really good thing. 
that Mr. David Martin and people like him. And you know what? To toot my own horn and people like me. And if you also tooted the horn, well, the whistleblowing horn, and people like you too. And everybody else can learn a lesson. Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. You know, this is a pride thing. I mean, we should be proud. And I'm um, not, you know, not to rub it in totally in everybody else's faces. But like, they kind of should feel shame so that way they could learn, right? You know, I mean, hey, <laughs> it's how humans learn. We learn from emotions and emotional values. You're listening to Sass, Star Seeds. Angels Savant Syndrome with your host, the Mystic Man. Thank you for joining. I was out walking to the convenience store and mommy sadly they were closed but I think my subconscious might have known and just wanted me to get out because um long story short the universe guided me to just ground myself literally on the ground on the grass on this hill and it feels so good you are listening to sass starseeds angels savant center with your host the mysticalist man the mystic man coming to you not live recorded, pre-recorded from my cellular device. Is that not nuts? From Willow Glen, San Jose, Santa Clara, San Francisco Bay Area, United States of America, Earth of the Milky Way Galaxy. Today, or tonight, wherever you are, whenever you are, this episode's going to be about grounding. I'll go over the amazing story that led me to this laying down right here on the ground at night. It's uh, now 10 p.m. for me. during the stay inside movement <laughs> but no oh my god this feels good just like out here on the grass yeah it's not even like i don't even know it's like some apartment places um front lawn part not even where i live but i just collapsed here i was like oh that looks like a good spot liquor store was closed i don't drink mind you 
but it's okay that it was closed because I was able to chillax. I don't think I've ever done an outside episode before. Although I see uh, Marina Love, she does that all the time. Actually, a lot of people do, don't they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what other people do, really. I just create. Well, that's all I do. I, I just create. It's an interesting time right now, though. The yellow journalist movement. <laughs> Let's just call everything a movement nowadays because it does happen to move as movements do collectively, but not entirely collective. Except for this journalist part, you know, for the most part, the mainstream media did push fear, did spread it out real thick, a little bit too thick, though, you know, maybe like good, like 100 percent, 200 percent more thick than it should have been and it caused a economic collapse everybody shut down their entire economies stopped everything from moving around i wonder if one day some like kid in a school is gonna like be listening to this doing his homework assignment on it in like a hundred years <laughs> I wonder what they'll call this if, uh, before we had the Great Depression, this should be what? The Great Infection? <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's not too funny. I mean, it's good to laugh at stuff, you know, but not like, not now. It's too early. And people are, it's, it's horrible. It really is. And I've been doing some reading on well, a lot of things, really, because, I mean, as a independent journalist, I have an obligation to unbiased research, even though the mainstream does not do that at all, at all, they push agenda. They don't follow any of the guidelines, any of the policy. Ugh, it's just so gross. It's like not even, it's not even used at that point. It's like, yeah. Well, anyways, I guess I can't blame them. They were just doing the best that they could with what they knew and what they thought was the best for them and for us, I'm assuming, and for us. Because uh, it's better to gamble and bet on innocence than to gamble and bet on uh, guilty. Because you should never gamble with punishing the innocent ever. Ever. I know I say that a lot, but it's true. I'm not going to lie, I feel pretty weird 
right here now. It's now at 10.04. I'm on the grass, and my body feels weird. Like, I don't want to say heavy. But I definitely feel something. Oh yeah, yeah, by the way, there's scientific evidence that um, this really does, it's like, it's really, like, healing for you to, like, ground yourself, by the way. I guess, um, I can't remember how exactly it went. I saw a video on it a while back, and, like, I guess they proved it. They proved that the electrons from the Earth or something like that you know, they're, they're very much um, needed and good for you, I guess. I don't know. I, I, it made sense when I watched it, but then it's been like two years, so I forget it really. I'm sure it's probably common knowledge by now, and I just live under a rock, or in a rock, behind a rock. Grew up on a rock. Why? Grounding. What does it mean to ground? I would say grounding would be the first emotion in a conscious-based reality where consciousness was the foundation of reality and blossomed out from oneness, which that oneness came from a uh, encompassment, zero, void, feminine, divine, feminine. Well, that would be, the earth would be after the fire, naturally. Starting out at the Vesca Pisces, you would go to Aries, fire, and then from there, move on to Taurus, Earth. So it would be the settling, the settling down, the, the resting, the ah, which is exactly what I felt as I, you know, lay down here. And it's funny because my dad, he's a Taurus sign, you know, sun sign, and uh, I always hear him in his room, ah, and he does that, you know. It does feel good, doesn't it? Letting go, ah. Just settling, settling into the now, which is what Earth is all about, and grounding. As you know from, uh, from anything, from just looking at the uh, aspects of it. For instance, we could say that uh, hydrogen would gather under the gravity, it would ignite. So that would be the Pisces, you know, uh, Pisces water sign energy as the void, culminating into the ignition that is Aries, the first sign of the zodiac. Awareness, sign of I am. And that fire and explosion would burn bright, but it wouldn't last forever burning bright and exploding outward. Nope. Sometime it would have to settle.
And as it settles, the I am aligns. What a lovely time of day or night, whatever time it is, where you are, it is lovely. Now, you might 
have had an awesome day. Or you might have not had an awesome day. Either way, I'd like you to try something with me. It's something that Muji does. I love Muji. So does my grandma. We used to always watch Muji together, even though I didn't have much time with her up in Canada. We watched Muji every day. And he says a thing that I love. He says, Whatever your thoughts, your baggage, your worries and your troubles are, Please leave them at the door before you come in. Don't worry. They will be there for you when you leave. <laughs> But please leave them at the door. It might be hard for us. Sometimes specifically. Muji would say, please locate where it is within you that the worrying exists. Please point it out where in you. This lets us take a moment which is very important, the patience. And this lets us take a practicality to it. And as we do so, we realize that our worries only exist in a level of thought that's really experiences the idea but we are not the idea and Muji would say you are not the clouds in the sky or the bird or even the sky as you watch it you are the ever present viewer awareness Right now, we're going to do an exercise. It's called grounding. I've done it with many people through the years, many, many times. It's had profound healing, calming, soothing, and grounding. capability. Now this is not a meditation practice, but you could say it is. It's early morning for me. Mm, early for me. 9.38, I know. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
And because this is not specifically a meditation practice, don't worry. You don't have to assume any specific position. But if you want to, you go right ahead. You're probably way ahead. But regardless, please go through the experience with us. Just for the sake of practice. So as we start, please look around your room. Locate three things that you can see right now that you can visually see. And if you're not in the room, then wherever you are, look at three things and call it out. And say what you see. Now, if you have to be silent, that's fine. Call it out in your mind. Say the name. A painting. A book. A fan. And as you look at them, really look. Be aware of it. Look at the color. Look at the texture. Look at the form. Don't so much look at the memory. Try to see it in the now. Simple task, so we can know that it won't matter if we get distracted. Even the distractions, too, can be anchors for us. Mm. Now close your eyes. We're going a step farther. Here. What are three things that you can hear? I hear a car. I hear a bird. And I hear the rattling of my windowsill. If where you are, it's very quiet, then listen further and try to hear your heartbeat. You can even hear the movement of your mouth or your tongue. That's fine. But do try to hear something, even if you have to make a sound. That's fine, too. Pay attention to the sound. You don't have to go too deep into it. Just hear. Good. Next. Smell. 
Go ahead and smell. What can you smell? You don't have to get up. But if you're feeling adventurous, by all means, try to pick out three things that you can smell. I smell perfume. I smell laundry and coconut. And as you smell, let the flavor wake your nose. Really sense it. Smell is an interesting one, isn't it? It's almost like you become a part of the thing that you smell in consciousness. Did you know that in the olden days, before there was things like LSD, monks used to meditate using perfumes and incense so the smell would entice their senses. Good. Now, touch. Feel around you. Take your hand or your foot, whatever you want to do, and feel three things. This time, I, you don't have to call it out, but just make a mental note. But this time, I really want you to feel it. Pay attention to the texture, the feeling, what you're feeling. Not so much focused on the name or the label of the object, just the feeling. Move along to three different things. Are you laughing because I made a sound when you were feeling something? <laughs> Somebody out there is, I know. That was completely on accident on my end. But go with it. <laughs> it feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Now all of these things very much are like the laugh, aren't they? The laugh. 
Life is so relaxing, it's so soothing and healing, and it can only exist like all of these things that you just experienced in the present moment, the ever-present now. And you might find that time seems to have slowed down for you. And the worries that you might have had an hour or less than that ago, they might not be there. You might see them in the distance. Hi, worries. Oh, no, you guys can stay there. I'll be back later. <laughs> and now we see that the worries were never really ours. The thoughts were never really ours. And that's actually a lesson from the Course in Miracles. I believe it's lesson 18, or it might be 13. do not belong to me. My thoughts do not belong to me. They belong to the whole. And that's a very tough one to accept. We do love to live in our denials. I'm not reading anybody's mind. And I do exist, also, by the way. <laughs> I know how synchronicity can be. It can be very weird sometimes. Things kind of align to where you meet a situation perfectly. Everything aligns, even the people around you, to be in a seemingly domino effect. Except you are that ever-falling domino moving along through the row. But there's a more simpler way to it, to look at it, and to find your bearing in that as well. Grounding helps. And once you've grounded and separated from the thought, and you look around, you can have an objective view. You can find the truth in that moment, in any moment, as you have a thought. You know what it is, you don't have to have it. But then you look beyond, you look across into your world. Well, I ask you from there, which direction simplifies? And which direction makes things more complex? Now there's a small amount of instances to where it's different and the way for you will be a quick complexity instead of the simplicity that happens it happens for our denials when we're in denial but if you feel confident that you're not in any denial pertaining the topic that's in mind pertaining the course that you're on right now specifically with the thought and the goal go towards the simplicity that's the way
And it's very simple. Of course it is. On the way to oneness, everything simplifies. You're listening to SAS, Starseeds, Angels, Savant Syndrome, with your host, The Mystic Man. That was grounding that we just had experienced and were a part of. And no, it was not a tool that I learned in the Tibetan temples with the monks, because I've never been there. No, I learned that from KQED. And that was a long time ago when I was a little youngster, a little teenager, a little punk teenager, I believe. And it's actually what psychologists and uh, trauma counselors do to kids who have just gone through a trauma. It's, uh, what's the word, substantially. Substantially lowers the risk and percentage of a child having post-traumatic stress disorder after they've just gone through a horrifying event. Extraordinarily so. Because after they've, as they've gone through that moment and they're in shock, well, a part of them psychologically is still there in the fire or in the disaster or in the moment and it gets stuck. You can't just, you know, take a person in trauma and, and drag them along. No, 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 no. They're still there mentally in the moment back there, not the current moment in the now. They're in the trauma moment. The Native Americans, I don't remember exactly which tribe, but let's just assume it's all of them because they were very much shamanistic wise and uh, also the ethnicity of the Atlanteans as pertaining Edgar Casey's take on it. Well, he was a prophet, so Edgar Casey's word on it. So the Native Americans, they called it soul retrieval. And that's where you have bits of your soul stuck in the past in a traumatic moment. This happens generally for all of us. As an astrologer, I do say for all of us, but I will be polite for the people that are more psychological based and um, don't really uh, believe in universals. I will say almost all for the sake of your comfort. But personally, I believe it's all of us. We all have things in my opinion, okay? <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I just, I'm just saying, you know, um, but it, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I could be wrong. 
But if you don't have one, you know, choose one in mind and try to uh, think about that moment. Think about that thing in the past that hurt you. And it's generally usually hard for adults to find a specific one moment to nail it down to, right? As we're adults, we've spent years and years trying to bury it. And those ways in which we bury it, well, those are what you call conditions. Those very same conditions are the exact things that are in the way of you realizing that beneath it and a part of you is really already and always was unconditional love. You can read my book, The Conditions of Unconditional Love. The Guardian Angel. Find it on Amazon. Or you can find it on Google Play Store. Grounding is about the now, the moment, the senses. The first earth sign is Taurus, and Taurus is about value, just as so. After all, what is it that we value? Value has to do with the senses, as to how it pertains to our space around us. Now, the space around us has nothing to do with the past. It has nothing to do with the future. Although we think into the past and the future, trying to pull back our understandings into the moment and trying to project it forward into the future. But the Taurus only lives in the now. Now, of course, I'm not saying the Taurus sun sign. That's different. That's a person who has got a natal sun in Taurus. I mean the Taurus energy itself. The caricature of the Taurus. Before that you had Aries. The impatient one. Of course it would be. Aries is the sign of time. And as you have Ares, the challenger and warrior meeting Taurus the bull, you have the bullfight, which is space-time. That could last forever. It would last forever. It would be the dynamic of yin and yang. It would be the dance of the masculine and feminine. It would be the binary system. Very much a form of communication together as they spin off one zero one zero one zero eleven eleven l o l o l o l o l as god laughs his way 
the irony that is Gemini. Now people say Gemini is two-faced. What projection? That is really crude. Don't ever call a Gemini two-faced because then they might psychologically believe you. Poor guys. That is so horrible. That is really horrible. You know, it's only the amateurs. No, I'm sorry to be rude. But you've been rude to Gemini if you've been calling them two-faced. You've been psychologically trying to teach them that they are and train them to be, which is horrid. There's nothing more horrid than training somebody to be cruel or evil. Why would you do that? Gemini specifically is not two-faced. If you look at it, both beings, whether the representation is a man or a woman, whatever, they are equal reflections of each other. That is not two-faced. Two-faced is duality, remember? No. Gemini is irony and symbiotic relationship. Brotherhood, family, neighbor, and trust. Love your neighbor as yourself.